back in the shed again for our next fantastic. It's still July 13th. Still grappling a little with the whole idea that we announce the dates for these things. I wonder if our users, our listeners, not our users, that's an old support guy term, but I wonder if our listeners are struggling with it at all. I was starting to think that we should also give the year. Uh, for one thing, if someone's listening to an old episode, you know, like yeah. they're making their way through, then yeah. they actually, oh, that was when that was. Yeah. It's the year of COVID. That should be enough. Even you're talking year. about the completest. So, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I am talking about the completest. Do, do it, and I'm, no. Uh, oh, year. <laughs> it's the year. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What are they going to call this? You know, like the Great War. There was the Great War. There, is it just going to be the pandemic? It's just going to be the pandemic. I don't know. That's a good question. What are they going to call it? We're here to have a few laughs. You might learn something in here. It might only be what old fools we are, but you'll learn something in here. And we hope that's good for you. It's good for us, which is what really matters. So here we go. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm going to need Skin's help to pry off the stove glass. Just stated as a fact. Because everyone knows if there's one thing I can actually do, it's pry off stove glass. <laughs> Famous for it. Yeah. Uh, do you or does someone you love suffer from unpliable stove glass? Okay, I have informed him. <laughs> I'm ready to help. Call me, 778-918-1443 for your stove glass needs. I got unpliable here, Siri. Yeah, Siri, you need Polaroid. <laughs> Call boil. You need stove glass plied. Call skin. What was the phone number? Uh, Fairfax, <laughs> damn it. Fairfax 89528. Eight. Uh, Fairfax, <laughs> Fairfax 8, I, wasn't it? I can't remember. A little smile. Fairfax things. something. I never ever did my whole life really get clarity on how all that stuff worked. We used them in California. Yeah, they used them all over the place, but Fairfax, what was that? F-A- that's it. Yeah, yeah. And then I would be another number, no, wouldn't no. it? No, no. It's only the first two letters yeah. of those that matter. The rest is just really something only? easy for you to remember, a word that's easy to remember. Yeah, I remember in Penticton, wow. our phone number was Hyatt 25968. Hyatt. Yeah. H-Y. I believe it was always going to be two syllables. Yeah. And ours was Chestnut. C-H? Yeah, <laughs> which had a nice little feel to it. What the hell? We just didn't have any of that. Chestnut 31980, I think that was our number. Cromer, if you're out there, I still remember your number. 362-5275. But, I remember tons of numbers. But you didn't need the 362 in Rossland for the longest time. No, it's just the four. Yeah. Okay, Gmail. Uh, Ogre's number was 5309, and if you think about it, it's 876. 876-5309. <laughs> so... Ogre, if you're listening, sorry about the mark that's going to make in your brain. <laughs> your whole life suddenly just twists in another prism. All right. Continuing on with Michael from Coquitlam. 
Oh, another set of uh, possible listening choices? Yeah, he had a couple more that just came flying off the top of his head shortly after the first five. And, it's because he's uh, got time now. He's just goofing off. Yeah. Money Heist and Hollywood. Don't know either of them. And I don't know either of them. Are either. they both series? He didn't say, but, uh, but he called them Netflix shows. So that must mean series. And just last night, I started watching that. I think it's a new Netflix documentary on Jeffrey Epstein. Haven't, oof, nope, haven't seen that. Yeah, just pretty amazing to watch. It's a little depressing. Well, it's a true crimey in nature and a lot of women talking and photos of them back back in the day. And uh, yeah, pretty amazing. You get to, to see Ghislaine Maxwell. I didn't know that's how you pronounce Is that her how name. You you, pronounce yeah, it? you drop the S. Oh, way to go. Yeah, so it's Ghislaine Maxwell and her role, and at least according to these girls, and it's just procuring. There you go. I just don't know how much worse it can get down there. He's now trying to smear Fauci. Mm-hmm. Who is Trump? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because Fauci said Trump was factually wrong about something. Yeah, and so he's saying, oh, he's wrong, but he's been wrong about a lot of stuff. I just think. Donald, there's 140,000 almost people dead. I think he's been a lot more right than you have. Donald. Donald. Imagine calling him Don, like he's your buddy. So Don, golfing today? Imagine, (laughs) like, it's unimaginable. Uncle Mike from Rosslyn. Hi, Mike. After he listened to episode 91, funeral directors hate this one weird trick. (laughs) Thousands of dollars. Thousands (laughs) of dollars. (laughs) Uncle Mike says, lovely episode. It brought back many old memories to the front, starting in 1973. Quadraphonic. My first and maybe my only experience was Art B's trailer in Elkford. JVC quad amp turntable and headphones. I am thinking listening to Pink Floyd Metal for the first whole time. Whoa. I did not step into that nest that is the nest of purchasing quad equipment, I believe. Yes, yes. Too much equipment that early. I wonder if Art bought Moby's gear. Thoughts? Because Moby, you what you said was you don't know what happened to it. No idea. Yeah. He could very well have. Who knows? All right. In that same time period, I was working in the instrument department. Lots of small tools. Someone asked if I could figure out how to get an 8-track out of the slot in the car. You know what? I bet you Mike could get that stove glass off. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see if we can uh, fly him out. (laughs) He'll come in wearing a suit, you know, black suit. These things started my period of how things work. I found that the destructive nature of the 8-track was due to the continuously slipping tape on the reel, feeding out of the center to the heads and spooling up on the other side of the reel. Bad design, even if the sound could be great initially. The work on these units led me to work with small tools as an instrument mechanic eventually. This led me to my first car stereo in my Volkswagen. Cassette head unit, outboard amp with tone controls, 20 watts per channel, feeding wood box speakers on the shelf where the back seat would have been Mm -hmm. if it had not been replaced by plywood and carpet. Truly rocked. A friend Mm. told me about a band called Genesis, so I found a tape of Selling England by the Pound. Oh, my God. Somehow, my first listen was with Moby and the VW on a mountainside near Elkford, and maybe doobies were involved. 
This made a lasting impression for me. Wonder if KJ remembers. Oh my God. Didn't Mike have the, um, the pipe attachment to in the, the dash of the VW? That rings a bell. Yeah. I, I, it was either him or Jute, but I think it was him. And he, I hitchhiked to Fernie. Mike came from Elkford and picked me up. Uh, it was dark, so it was there just, just sort of right at dusk. And he had just got this tape and hadn't listened to it. And we, I'm pretty sure, first of all, we tried out the pipe. And, you know, the, like the, a rubber tube went went into a, a you know, a, an instrument mechanics fitting in the dash. <laughs> And they were like the tube and the bowl were hidden somewhere in the car <laughs> under the seat. So the, the, the <laughs> so it and so you just passed the tube back and forth, and the little bowl was sticking out. You know, like the stereo was in between it, kind of thing, right? Just ingenious. So I'm sure we got really high, and then we listened to the whole thing. And one of my favorite albums ever, ever, ever. Yeah, yeah. Just love that album. Huh. It's amazing. I don't think I ever spent any time with that album, believe it or not. Oh, God, it's good. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for that memory. So he says he specifically got his start in instrument mechanics from how problematic the eight tracks were. Yeah. See, I I didn't deal much with eight tracks. I only really ever have a bunch of memories of cassettes getting eaten. Seems to me cassette decks eight tapes regularly, but I didn't have that experience with eight tracks very much. I didn't have very many eight tracks, though, either, so. Just because I'm going back to what Sam mentioned about things that you didn't remember, and Glenn told us that Jerry, the oldest brother, told Glenn just recently that Mrs. A, the mom, made chocolate cake every day. It wasn't just... Oh, wow. Every day she made a chocolate cake. I didn't know that. Like Glenn didn't know that. Oh, those piggy kids. I know, but so he they would have had it for dessert and then they would have got it in their lunch the next day, right? Well, I mean didn't he always have chocolate cake in his lunch? I don't think he did. I maybe he did, but I didn't think I he remember did. him being fairly famous for chocolate cake <laughs> somewhere. Yes, well, I, I mean, know he, he bakes a mean chocolate cake to this day. Uh, yeah, but. I know I ate chocolate cakes over there that were just delicious. Oh, I know, geez, I remember really good. too. I'm salivating just thinking about it. I know. And I think they got one of those every day. Yeah. Those bastards. Piggies. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Jeez. That was my aside. And just to wrap up, we have a new comment on, also on episode 90, Dogs on Tape, from Nancy of New Westminster. Hi, Nancy. Hey, hey, dogs. Glad to see you're back together again. My partner is on CERB, C-E-R-B, and she refused to go to work because she would have to take transit and felt it was too risky. Yeah, I don't, I'm not ready to take transit. I'm nowhere near ready to take transit. Yeah, the carelessness level is high on transit. Yeah, that would be a mandatory mass place before I go, go yeah. there. Yeah. Um, she still received her CERB, but then again, the form didn't really ask if she refused work. They just asked if she went to work. It's kind of, I think that's yeah, good. The, if I recall correctly, I just did my last one and the, the wording says something like it does, it does acknowledge your, uh, ability to choose based on your perception of safety. That's so good. That's I think great. that is good because. Uh, putting a gun to people's head is offside. She is a casual on-call worker, so perhaps the rules are different, but there certainly doesn't appear to be any pressure to push her back to work. She is going back on July 10th for one day, and we'll see how that goes. 
And as she is going to take transit means she has to glove up, wear a mask. And when she gets home, take everything off and throw it in the wash, including sanitizing her shoes. At work, she has to go through a Q&A session, have her temperature taken, change her mask for one of theirs, and try to maintain distance from the clientele. She works at the, and I'm not going to say where she works because it might just identify her too much, but she works at a foundation, a charitable foundation that's quite worthwhile. Interesting to note that their clientele have no incidents of covid yeah, that is. Yeah. And and yet I think of things like disinfecting your shoes as that's next level for me. I never disinfected my shoes and I rarely wear gloves. Yeah, but I, I guess rarely. it has to do with if you're working in a spot where a lot of people are walking. And, and, and if they're sneezing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I guess it would drop to the floor and you take your shoes off, you touch them and yeah, so cool. Yeah, thanks, Nancy. That is kind of interesting. I think that stemmed from a conversation we had about they're not tying CERB to your prior income at all. That's right, yes. If you made more than X dollars, then you get two grand, period. But you have to have made the the X dollars, though. Yeah, you have to have experienced some income. It has to have been more than $1,000 or $5,000 last year or something like that. It's really low, right? Like you could make that collect in empties and... You could then declare that you didn't feel safe anymore collecting empties because nobody's sterilizing their empties. Uh-uh. So I'm not able to make my empties income, but I'm living the high life now, baby. But you, you'd, you'd, you'd have to have claimed that empties income earlier. Ah, good point. Except to have for, a record of that, right? Uh, well, yes and no, because I, it's not clear to me that they're checking anything. Because if they were checking your income, then you would think it would be a very easy next step to match your CERB eligibility to your lost income. Mm -hmm. I see you made $11,000 last year driving a shuttle. That's about $1,000 a month. So you can collect $1,000 a month of CERB. Like it'd be really easy, right? Mm. But they don't do that. So thankfully. Now, KJ, (laughs) it just occurs to me, uh, it's been three weeks since we've been on the shed, has it? Yeah, or, it's or been, uh, it's actually been four weeks. Four weeks. I believe there was a major, uh, what I think is a major event. Did you not win a, an oh, award? Yeah. yeah. Jesse. Jesse. A Jesse. So uh, for your work in? The father. The father. Yeah, oh. uh, we were nominated for eight and we got six. Whoa. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. So does that mean a remount is in your future? Who was I? I was talking to um, the director of Bahumbug today, uh-huh. actually. And he said- yeah, well, we won't be seeing any theater for at least a year, so you're you won't be working. He said some, you know, threw it off. Uh, oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So, but but yes, if you got it for best actor. Yeah. And the show itself, did it win best show? Best production. Best production. Yeah. Best director. Jillian got it for best actress. This is all small theater, by the way. It's not the big theater. Okay. Yeah. The, the lighting designer. Gerald King, isn't it? No, Itai. Okay. Because uh, didn't Gerald King's name come up someplace in that list? I thought it Oh, did. yes, yes, yes. Well, it, he was probably nominated multiple times. And isn't he the guy that you went to the studio with? Is that the same guy? Yeah, he was at the studio, yeah. yeah. And um, It's kind of wild, really. Amir Olek for set design. So I get the, we get this little message. You can go pick up your Jesse, right? Your The actual award. So the, the whole show was rather fun. It was live on Facebook or whatever and massive, massive technical difficulties, right? Oh. <laughs> Just massive. Like 
no sound, you know, <laughs> and these people doing things. But they got it going, and it was uh, really kind of interesting because there was some awards already given, like lifetime awards and stuff, and the the recipients already knew that they're getting them, so they prepared a, a statement, right? And this one guy, his name is Derek Chan. He's a writer and a, an artist, but he did this thing about that he was a Hong Konger, and it was just just lit like he was going he was you know thanking for the award talking about you know the difference or the whole new racism or you know just what the world is thinking and he just went off on about hong kongers and it was great and these this couple were presenting a whole bunch of awards and they're sitting in their home and they would present an award and then they'd drink right because of course <laughs> you, you can and the guy his name is uh javish paris ram He's vaping. Like he would, he would just take a big. This is great. And I thought he says, and his his lady turns to him and says, well, "You shouldn't be." He says, well, "I can. This is my own home. I can do this." And I just thought it was great. So anyway, we were told to that uh, to pick up the awards down at the fire hall, which is where mm-hmm. the whole. And it was uh, last week sometime. And the day before, I get another notice from my director saying, which I, th- I thought it said the same thing. It was just uh, just yeah. reiterating that you haven't forgotten about this goal if you want me to pick it up, blah, blah. So I go down there and they ask for a 30-second acceptance speech that they're going to, that you send in and they're going to air them sometime in the future when they collect them all. So I thought I'd go down there and get my Jesse and then do my acceptance speech with the Jesse. So I get down there. There's a homeless guy sleeping in front of the thing. I'm thinking, <laughs> did I get something wrong here? <laughs> like I came, I sort of came around the corner and I can see a cameraman there. I think, oh, they're taking uh, the, the red carpet shots or whatever. Because they actually said, dress up if you want to. Uh, because there might be a photo off on it. And so, And I come around the corner and it, some guy is doing an arts report or something, and he's the only, him and the cameraman are the only guys there, and it has nothing to do with Jesse. <laughs> so then I look at my email, and it says, no, it's actually the 25th of July is when we've changed the date, and that's uh. why she sent the other thing. So anyway, I did my acceptance speech right there, because I thought, oh, while I'm here, I'll get the fire hall in the background, right? You know, And it went really well, but I said a mere... Oh, you got his name wrong. I got, I got it wrong. A mere... Olek is his name, but I think I said Amir Obik, Obil. I don't know what I said, but so I uh, I came home and I decided to redo it. So I did it in front of the raspberries. Ah, nice. So one day when that comes on, you can see what I actually said. I just said thank you to everybody. Nothing, nothing very profound. Okay, so they're gonna there'll be a show at some point that has the awards, and then. Your acceptance. Speeches. No, I think they'll just it'll be just a just l- the speeches. Yeah, just yeah. A, and it's kind of they said actually they said thirty seconds. Mm. And so yours is like ninety. No, it's it's barely forty five. But oh, and all I did was thank people. Like I didn't, I didn't expound on the state of the world or anything. Well, so. if you want, you can give me the original, and I will edit in some music welling up at the thirty five second mark. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, that's the that's thing nice about idea. that everybody's probably doing something very clever. Like Glenn even said, uh, 
you got to slip in a Trump joke in there somewhere. <laughs> you, you just got to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. So that was pretty exciting. And they had a. So I watched it with um, Bill Toms and Cromer and Deb, which was really quite fun because you know we're cheering every time we. Yeah. <laughs> The, the the father won. Mine was literally the very last award. So you didn't know if you're going to win until no, you... No, no. And, and, oh, that is fun. And when they said, uh, and the award goes to, I'm think, the only thing I'm thinking is, how do I react right now if I don't win? Right. That's exactly what I was thinking because... What had you settled on? I didn't settle on anything. I was panicking. Oh. Like I, I really hadn't thought about it up till then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you're in the actual thing, you're going to try and react like you're happy for the others, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're not there. You're with some friends now. Yeah, yeah. but I'm still... And friends are judgier than strangers. Yeah, so. probably. <laughs> but, uh, you know, because I'm getting a lot of uh, uh, suggestions that, oh, you're going to win. You're going to win. Well, I didn't see any other shows. How do, how do I know, you know? And just for about five seconds there, I went... Oh my God! <laughs> Pressure. Anyway, I didn't have to worry about that. So you, got to, you got to be happy. <laughs> I, I guess everyone uh, <clears throat> probably broke out cheering for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, they had a an actual party at uh, Mindy's house. The director, so they were. I was getting tweets back from them. Oh, nice! Oh, nice! Through the whole thing, and sending them tweets. Nice. The end. Well, I just got a a message from the. Uh, Department of Justice. Uh-oh. Yes, against your social insurance number. Ignoring this will be an intentional attempt to avoid initial appearances before the magistrate judge, not just any old judge, but a magistrate judge, or exempted jury. Again, not, I mean, this thing's full of adjectives. Magistrate? Exempted jury. Yeah. Is that what is, what's an exempted jury? I really don't know. What's a... Um, they're, they're exempted from self-control, so if you do the wrong thing, they can tear you limb from limb. But is it... Sure. D- did it say Department of Justice? Yes, yeah. it did, yeah. DOJ. We don't have one We don't of those. have one of those. <laughs> well, I have an American background, so I'm not sure. You, but they don't have social insurance numbers, though. That's they, right. They call well, they social do. Security. Social Security, Well, yeah. there's a little bit of a mix-up there, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Good, good. So <laughs> I get one the other day. It's a phone call, and I see it's a San Diego number. And also somebody, the kids were mentioning that it's often very close to your number, do you notice yes. that? Yes, oh, yeah, all the I time. Don't. The last four digits might be your digits, and you kind of go, oh, something familiar about that. So it's a San Diego. Hello, know. San Diego, I say. Nothing. <laughs> Social insurance. Is it a computer voice, yeah. right? Press yeah. one. So I did. So I press one, and about five seconds later, uh, yes, hello. Um, so um, she, she does this little spiel about... The message and I, I think I said, well, I pressed one. What happens now? And she goes on about. I said, how come you're in San Diego? Click. Oh, they that was quick. Yeah. What was yeah. it? What was it ostensibly about? Was it a social insurance number thing? That one. Yeah. That, was if that you one? don't give us, if you don't, something's going to happen to your social insurance number unless you take care of this little problem mm. and give us a whole bunch of probably banking information. I would yes, imagine. No, you know, like yeah. doesn't it? This happens to me all the time where I sort of think, how can you be clever enough to get a list of numbers, to get an automated dialer, to have a spiel made up, ready to go, and somebody ready to say it, but not clever enough 
to think, gee, maybe we should spoof a Canadian location so that yeah, yeah. we don't. I, I, like, think I don't know how that happens. I think some of them do, right? Yeah. Like there's some numbers you get where there's no dashes in the number. They're usually spoofed. Yeah. yeah. Even the San Diego number may well be spoofed. Not necessarily from San Diego. Yeah, you might have been talking to someone. Did they have an accent? Uh, yes. Yeah, because you might have been talking to somebody overseas and they just spoof a... Yeah. They kind of aren't aware that Canada and the U.S. are separate. You know, like there's a lot of like... We know very little about the difference between Suriname yeah. and something else, right? right? exactly. Yeah. And so that's probably... All yeah, of yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's that's, anyway, a, good, I'm gonna, that's a good answer, actually. I'm going to do that from now on, though. I'm going to take those calls well, and they, just see where just, they go. They're kind of fun when you have um, the time to do it. Yeah, yeah. I spent a good half an hour once with Griffin beside me listening, doing the classic thing. It was just, where they were trying to tell me that my Windows computer was broken and I needed to do this or that. And I was just being a really thick old man the whole time. It was just fun. Oh, I just never, ever mess with any of that. Where I was just confused by things. And they're used to dealing with people because the, their customer base are confused by things. So, yeah, it was just so kind of fun. What, what, was the, the, what were they trying to sell you in the end? Uh, this is one where they tell you your computer has been hacked and they've discovered and they work for Microsoft and their job is to, you know, recover your computer for you. To go in there and get that virus out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they only charge $300 or something like that. Nice. And, Good deal. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, it was the whole thing. So just taken forever to go. So so is that by my Apple menu? And then, oh, sir, you have an Apple computer. Here's what you're going to need to do. And, you know, so just keep moving along, right? Like really, <laughs> really, really fun. I actually took notes on it. So I, I remembered how it went. It, I did get to level two. And then the level two guy is, you know, like level one, they're paid minimum so they're overseas. They're probably paid like five bucks an hour at most, right? And then level two guy is middle. Come in for the kill. Yeah, he's more going to be able to do it. And they got higher levels as well. And so, yeah, I spent only maybe 10 minutes with him before he started swearing at me. And, and No. Yeah, because I did I did actually, but no, but I mean. <laughs> well, because he was being spoofed. Cause I'm because talking, I'm talking kind of slow and I don't really change my voice when I, when I start asking him how they sleep at night, right? Like, cause so I'm not really, I'm not sounding angry or anything. I'm still talking in the same voice and just kind of move it. So I just kind of, at some point it clicked in and then, yeah. How do you sleep at night? <laughs> so he's all mad that he's gotten gamed. Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's just, the YouTube is full of those. If you start listening oh, yeah. to one or two, you'll get a whole bunch on your feed. And those guys are pros at at making these conversations go on really long. In fact, they're even pros at reverse hacking. So they get in there and, and it was kind of, you can only watch so many of those before yeah. it gets tiresome, but yeah. yeah. I just never, ever engage with, I, I just don't, I often do wonder about what has happened to all the legit enterprises that depended or still depend on calling you. Well, like, that, yeah. Be, because they call, and, like, I, I'm sure the vast majority of people just ignore anything that is not in their contacts. And it's kind of debatable if there are any legitimate enterprises. Yeah, that, I guess that's a way to look at it. on calling you. Well, um, I was wondering, Moby, about in a prior recording session, you had mentioned an audition, a Zoom audition and a callback. And I had the sense that there was yet more to go there. You were going to be asked to do another scene. Am I wrong about that? Did you? Did we talk about the callback? Yeah. You said, you said you had a callback. With the people. Yeah. Yeah. That was the end of that. 
Oh, so there's been no more action on that? No. I guess I didn't get the parts, Kenny. Well, no, you said that they had extended the window off into like September, October or something like that. Then. Yeah, yeah, but that was that was for the shoot because uh, uh, I talked to Lucy very shortly thereafter and she knows somebody who got on that show, a 30-year-old <laughs> guy. So, Okay. So it's cast. Oh, so they chose a 30-year-old over the old man. That's no, ageism. No, 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 no. You should hire <laughs> a competent ageism. attorney. That's right. Yeah. I'll sue you. Or it's beardism. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Might be hairism. I thought this was working for me. <laughs> <laughs> what else have we got, boys? Before... Um, there was one about confirmation and that I was maybe confused about getting confirmed in Calgary. Was it from uh, Susan and Rosalind? It might have been. Yes, it was from Susan and Rosalind. You are correct. All right. So this is, yeah. So actually there's lots of good stuff in here too. So I'm glad that you spotted. We hadn't covered it yet. This is from Susan and Rosalind on fractures, Catholicism, and the monkeys. Now we already did the busted leg. Let's get on about the Catholic stuff. Regarding KJ's Catholic discussion, very interesting for me as I was raised Catholic too, though I can't say it got into my bones the way it does for some people. I am wondering though, if the confirmation in quotes that KJ is remembering at a young age wasn't in fact his first communion. For you non-Catholics, it's the first time you get the host, which is the little wafer that is supposed to be the body of Christ. And by the way, how come we never got in on the wine, the blood of Christ? Yeah, damn it. What, they just give you grape juice or something? No, 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 we didn't get any. Just no blood, period. So she's wondering whether you thought that... That was my first communion. Yeah. Yeah, not not confirmation. Well, I, just to clear up the facts here, no, my first communion was in grade one. Okay. And that would have been in St. Michael's. And <laughs> I know for sure that uh, I just it was just so weird that we were getting confirmed and literally Tommy was in grade two, I think. Yeah, he was. Isn't it cathartic when you really are confident about your memories and you get to say so forcefully? Yeah, it's okay, pretty but, good when you... But she says first communion normally happens about grade one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that fits. Six years old. Confirmation happens about age 13 or so. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's all good? Yeah. Okay, because I think she thought, and I thought as well, that you had gotten a mixed up and you talked about your confirmation was... No, well, it, I thought it was Tom's confirmation. Tom was confirmed in Calgary at a very both, young age. Both of us were. So it uh, was not just they, confusion. There was yeah, confirmation they, right. in Calgary way earlier than anybody yeah, in Austin Yeah, and that's what was surprising. Saw. But but I think maybe it was you got your first communion in grade one in Calgary, and then in grade two you were confirmed or something, because Tom went through at the same time yeah. as I did. So very young. Yeah. So And he's clearly remembering two yeah, stages ones. of spiritual ascension. Yeah, that's oh. right. And I think grade two is a little bit early to become a warrior of Christ, personally. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of good sword. work gets done in the schoolyard in those primary years. Well, yeah. I certainly remember singing on Onward Christian Soldiers as early as grade two. There you go. Yeah. Oh, my God. Warrior. Um, so Tom, Patty just came down. They went on a cruise with Tim on the boat, right, for three mm. nights over to the islands. But Tom came in and he howled at that episode. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going, oh, he's, he says something about the Catholicity episode. I went, oh, oh, here it comes. <laughs> but he just, because we talked about him in the choir, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he just thought that was the funniest shit he'd ever <laughs> That's heard. That's great. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's good. That was pretty funny, actually. Yeah. The whole tiptoeing around. She goes on to say, I've got my photos from both the communion and confirmation. All the girls in white, all the boys in black pants, white shirts and bow ties. Mm-hmm. My favorite church story. My oldest brother was an altar boy. One of the duties is to hold a golden salver underneath the chin of the recipient as the priest placed the host on their tongue. In case you, you know, bite it and crumbs go everywhere. You don't want the body of Christ getting into the vacuum cleaner and stuff uh, like that. Well, it can't hit the floor. Well, there you go. I mean, and if it does. Then what? Well, you we'll carry on with Susan. Oh, okay, we'll do that. My other brother was a lot younger with a bloodthirsty imagination. He was watching all this agog and pulling at my mum's hand excitedly. Finally, she leaned down and said, yes, yes, what is it? He said, mum, look at that. If you don't swallow that thing, they cut your head right off. Because <laughs> they got the salver, They got right? the plate ready to catch so, your head. I think that's great. That no, um... Funny. Yeah, what happens with, tell us about this whole... Uh, well, somebody dropped one. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to think... You'll never alter boy in this town again! Because I think Vatican II, if we remember, gentlemen, there were some changes in the church. Uh, with Vatican II, the priest would hold the host and you could take it and put it in your mouth. Ooh. You had the option. You didn't have that option before. And I think it might have been one of those times when somebody fumbled the host oh. and it hit the floor. Oh. I wonder and why they would make that change. The entire church went silent. I don't know. When it hit the floor? Um, well, I don't, I, I don't know That's that anybody ever seen though. it before. But what it, so I think uh, the priest probably picked it up, but he mentioned to the altar boys to mark that spot in your head because we have to come back after Mass and we have to, I don't know. Sanctify it. That's right, holy water and the... I figure they make the little kids lick the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah, it was uh, some big to-do, I I guess. Wow. Yeah, so anyway, I think that's fantastic. That's a good question, though. Why why did they make the change? Like, I think the priest started pushing back because too many of them were getting bitten. Good choice. I, I think mean, across the world, excellent. too many too many priests were experiencing index finger damage. Well, it's not quite the blood of Christ, <laughs> <laughs> but but per, perhaps it came from the priests, though. That they were, you know, you get the eighty six year old with uh, their tongue yeah. hanging out. Oh, okay, I'll put this on there. You know? <laughs> I'll just throw it at them. We got to sanctify this altar every week, anyways. I'm just going to toss it at you. <laughs> Open wide. (laughs) Flipping it like tiddlywinks. Oh, we're going to all rot in hell, apparently. Yeah. Moving on, she says, you remembered Mr. Haley's name correctly, Joe Haley. Haley Park and Trail was named after him. He and at least a few of his kids were outstanding track and field athletes. Uh Yeah. Big family. Ten kids or so. I remember Sunday mornings at the Sacred Heart. There were several pews that were filled to the max by some of the larger families. Haley's, Laguerre's, Armstrong's, Feeney's, and so on. Also, I very distinctly remember the day KJ ripped down those bumper stickers on the bulletin board in the foyer of the Catholic Church. Maybe we were finishing up catechism or something, but it stuck in my head. I was talking to PJ about it before I even heard the podcast. I remember being impressed with what a rebel you were. 
That's funny. That's a funny memory. My parents took it pretty well when I stopped attending. It was about the same age as KJ, not too long after confirmation. My mother was Catholic and my dad was uncommitted to any particular system. After confirmation, it was generally accepted, not quite as easily by my mum, that we could make up our minds about church. I kept going until the next Good Friday Mass when I took a look around and realized that I really had no idea what I was doing there, that I couldn't relate to any of it. And finally, she closes with, regarding the monkeys, all caps, here we come, walking down the street. Did you know that on their tour in 1967, Jimi Hendrix was their opening act? (laughs) Nice. I think that's fantastic. (laughs) That's pretty good. Right on. Lasted seven performances before he quit. The monkey's audiences just weren't ready for Jimmy. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> just like he's just going crazy on the stage, playing behind his back. Oh, wow. Actually, I never really there. thought that through, but yeah. Yeah. Well, like, what happened to here we come? Yeah, exactly. It's like a whole stadium full of future Karens and the male equivalent. <laughs> and Jimmy's out there tearing it up. Yeah. And she closes with sort of like that performance of Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future. Yeah. And uh, yeah, right. yeah. It's classic. Lots of love to all. Susan Thelma from Rosslyn. Thank you, Susan. That's a pretty good one. That was the, was the whole thing about how she broke her leg and all of that all in one? Yeah, that was all one big long one. What a thing. She told me how she managed to, like she's down, right? <laughs> Jimmy's down. She down in the bottom of the garden. There's a steep slope in behind those houses. That one, anyway. Same with uh, Buckingham's house down the way. And she's down with dislocated, broke both bones. And I can't. I think she yelled at somebody over in the Boucher's house. Somebody found her, anyways, and got her out of there. Because you can't, you can't get up and walk after that. You can't do anything. Yeah. Maybe crawl, but. Well, my mom and dad were at a Lions Club function. I think she was around age 65, 70, that kind of thing. It's quite a while ago. And uh, she decided to go home before him. There's always some drinking involved, although she wouldn't have drank much at all, really. But dad loved it in a party. So he, he stays back at the Lions Club thing. And mom heads home and finds that dad has the keys. So now she's locked out of the house. And so she decides to, well, she's going to go in the back but it's kind of locked. So she gets the ladder out. She climbs up the ladder and then the ladder is up high enough, but she still has to climb over the railing to get onto the deck. And so she heads up the railing and falls. She falls all the way down to the ground, lands and can't move. So she lays there for 60, 90 minutes, maybe even two hours while dad continues. (laughs) She's just laying there. In pain, right? But just laying there. And then uh, oh. he gets home and I guess he unlocks and goes in and he's in there and you can faintly hear, Gordy. <laughs> so yeah, he goes and finds her and she's just laying there. What did back. she break? She must have done something. Shoulder, elbow, I think. Ooh, no hip though, because that's, that's really bad. Because like not moving at all. Yeah, and those more. stuck with her for the rest of her life. You know how it yeah. is. You get to a certain age and yeah. So that was, that was quite the thing where she just had to lay there for the longest time. Nothing to do but to wait for dad. Well, I'm not going to dwell on that kind of thinking since I live by myself. But you carry your cell phone with you though, right? Yeah, but 
do I carry it from one side of the room to another? Well, then maybe like I need... If you take a dive in the bathtub, your cell phone's out in the kitchen oh. table, you're just SOL, right? Okay, well, I've got just the thing Point. for you. A medic alert? I fall and I can't get up? Yeah, we, we paid, uh, I believe, 150 for this thing. And that's what it costs still today, still for sale. And uh, what it is, is you wear a little um, a lanyard. Mm-hmm. It's got a great big single button on it. It's not the, the difference is the medic alert is a $40 per month service or whatever it is. This one's free of charge, completely free. And uh, well, yeah. Except to, for the hundred bucks. Yeah. The upfront where it's currently going for $24, just letting you know, it's on <laughs> Craigslist right now. And uh, what does it do? Just tell me what it yeah, does. Yeah. So here, here Good it is. God. So it's a unit that sits right beside your phone and it's memorized. You program it with three phone numbers. And the moment you press that, it starts dialing those oh. numbers. The first number it dials, it lets it ring X times. If someone picks it up, they have to key in five to acknowledge that they, uh, they have answered. And then it says, I'm hurt, please. Uh, and at that moment, it turns into an intercom. So now whoever it dialed can talk to the whole house, right? Even though I might not be lying disabled close enough to the unit. There's a few little bubbles coming up out of the bathtub. <laughs> to make myself heard. <laughs> I'm in the bathroom. I'm in the bathroom. Right. But the general idea is they come over. Like we knew that Sue's mom would not be able to hear us if we tried to talk to her. Yeah. Um, but we would at least know, okay, we have to head over. Well, you know, I'm, I'm actually sitting here, believe it or not, seriously considering that. I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm finding it a challenge to envision myself wearing a lanyard with a big red button on it <laughs> Everywhere. all the time. It's blue, but yeah. Everywhere. Going into hockey, into the room. Oh, hi guys. No, it's my, it's my, uh, it's well, my lanyard in case I fall in the bathroom. To be clear, it only works in your house because it's just a local little thing. I forgot to take it off. I got to wear it all the time in the house though. Uh. <laughs> There's a wristwatch version as well. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh my heavens. Oh no. And they're waterproof. So, so I mean, you can wear it right in the shower so that if you. Yeah. You, I think you could dunk it in the bathtub. You wouldn't want to just keep it there, but it, it's, yeah. So when you're lying on the back and the shower's still running and your mouth is filling up, it'll still work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Now I'm not so worried about going to hell because joking about the host falling on the floor, but. And I'm not worried because I'm not religious. <laughs> KJ, how are you feeling about this? <laughs> just fine. Just fine. <laughs> joking about pushing the button more and more weekly while you drown. That's <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's hell material. Oh, it's funny though. <laughs> um, well, I'll have to, I'll have to ponder that. I think I'll probably pass out of sheer disorganization, but really it's a thing. Uh, so the other day, yesterday, day before yesterday, I was telling RJ off the air that uh, I got out of bed and I was dizzy. Don't know why. Still don't know why. I think it had something to do with maybe blood pressure or maybe diet. I don't really know what it was, but I was worried that it was like COVID, of course, because why would I not instantly worry about that? And I instantly started thinking, well, geez, what do I do if I get really sick here? And I have to go to the hospital. Who's going to look after these dogs? And who's going to do this? And I got it. Well, you know, like your anxiety level just. So imagine if you just duff it in the bathtub or next to the bathtub and some crazy percentage of all uh, at-home accidents occur in the bathroom, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you got nothing. You can't reach your stupid cell phone because you've actually fractured your femur on the edge Mm -hmm. of the tub. 
Well, Sue's mom, we hung one right out the tub for her because she did refuse to wear them. Yeah. But, uh, but, but yeah, so we, uh, we hung one there. It's a great, it's a peppy little unit. Yeah. Comes up the trail hill 50 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to explain that to somebody the other day too, about how, how fast your car could go up the hill, the trail hill Uh was the given metric for whether it was hot or not. So that's a surprisingly difficult thing to convey accurately. Like everybody did it. Everybody did it. Oh no, that's a pretty hot car. It'll go up there like 70 miles an hour. Yeah. You the know? discussion was how fast yeah, could it go up the trail? That hill. was the yeah. measure. Yeah. It wasn't, could it lay rubber or zero to because, 60 or any of that Yeah, crap. Because nobody had the time or space to actually do a zero to 60. Yeah. So it would be, yeah, something Just, everybody does. It's kind of yeah. cool. I mean, I, Mike bought a, a used car and within days I took it up that hill and I had it in the wrong gear <laughs> and I wrecked the motor on him. I'm pretty sure Mike, you can, uh, you can write in and yeah, give can, us the full detail on that. Well, just give him the bill. What was the car? See, I don't know. He knows very clearly because we discussed it a little while back. I think he's still a little smoking about it. Yeah. I, I, I understand that. A little yeah. butt hurt there. Only yeah. speeding ticket I think I ever got it was. It may have been a two-speed. Were there a few two-speed automatics? Well, that Bel Air you had was a two-speed. And yeah, and so maybe it was a two-speed and I ran it at like 30 miles an hour in, or 40 in a, in first yeah. gear. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But I, I think that's what it was. Like, wait, but he, he'll he'll give us the. The correct information. I thought I remembered all Mike's cars, but maybe Well, not. because that one was so short term. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean to laugh gleefully. I'm laughing sadly here. No, Mike. you're not. Yeah. You're laughing with malicious glee. It's quite clear. Yeah, there's tears while I laugh. I uh, took, took one of my only speeding tickets ever in life. I had my Honda Hawk, my 400cc Honda motorcycle. And I was trying to find out whether it could pull fifth gear going up there. And the cop said, well, guess it could. (laughs) (laughs) Hands me the ticket. That's great. (laughs) Just like, oh, damn it. And he got me right before I turned off the highway to go into Pinewood, into the neighborhood that I lived in, right right there. That's an odd place for... Like, he he followed me for a while before. Oh he, uh, oh oh, he was oh, oh probably ran the plate or something. While it he wasn't was radar around the corner because no, no I'm pretty sure very fast. Pretty sure he caught me some down <laughs> somewhere down near the Mountain View Cemetery probably. So there's photo radar all over town now, eh? Yeah, and it's just gonna, it's for speeding. Everyone's just going yeah. It's actually, I believe, if I read it correctly, it is associated with intersection safety cameras. And those things always had the ability to measure your speed going through. They've just now decided they're going to use it. That's right. Um, and it's been turned on. Yeah. And there's no big outcry anywhere. And I mean, the first time photo radar was in the province, it was like, oh, it's just a cash grab. It's a money grab. It's just awful. And now people are, but I'm being careful what speed I'm going I, through the intersection. I think it's... In fairness to everybody's terrible, spiteful human natures, it's early days. Like photo radar, when it was first introduced to the public, everybody was in favor of it. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It got really a positive reception until people started getting tickets. Yeah. And yeah. then it started to turn and then it was turned into a political uh, tool about how it was a money grab. Mm, right. You know, the opposition right. kind of did that. Yeah. But the intersection safety cameras got a much better reception even after implementation because everybody knows how bad it is to run a red light, right? That's how that yes. was positioned. Yes. But the speed part of it 
I think it's pretty early days. And I think not that many people will have received tickets. We'll see. Yet. I mean, speeding through an intersection, of course, is worse than speeding along a block. Yeah. So it might, it Somewhat. might go over okay yeah. anyways, just because yeah. of exactly that. If you're racing the, through an intersection, even on the yeah. green, that's bad. I mean, the moment they give you a ticket for going 52 in a 50 zone through an intersection. Yeah. That would completely flip the entire they, province. Typically yeah. they configure them to allow, like with photo radar, they were configured to allow the, the classic 10 or 11 clicks over. Yeah, before of course they do. They, they won't tell you what the no. threshold is because no. that's almost like an admission that yeah. it's okay to. And with the intersection yeah. safety cameras, they're also programmed to allow a lag. Like if you go into the intersection on the yellow, never going to get a picture taken, but they had it set. So even if you went into the intersection on a, red. a second into the oh, red, really? it was still not going to take Oh, I picture. didn't know that. Well, because it's just, there's just, they just wanted to be as sure as they could that they were getting yeah. a full-on legit red right. light runner. And they had other problems that they were also dealing with having to do with making right turns at intersections on red lights. So they wanted to try I to- I wondered about that. Yeah, they issued a whole pant load of tickets that they had to cancel over a period of, I think, a couple of years <laughs> really? before they could get that squared away. Yeah. yeah, I thought, how do they figure out that you're making a right turn? Well, yeah. part of the process was that an actual charging officer examines each photograph. Oh, really? And if the car in the picture shows its turn signal is lit, say, and it's in the oh. lane and everything, they just toss that one. Yeah. They, don't, they don't charge it. Hmm. But I mean, that made it not fully automated. Like we used to have these conversations yeah. about why don't they just print these things? Well, for that, that was one. And the other thing was in this province for the longest time, an electronic signature, and it may still not be considered a valid signature for legal purposes. Every other jurisdiction in Canada, it was even then, uh, back in the early noughties, but here in BC, it was not considered acceptable as legal. There you go. A little insight. Well, I've been running this theory through my mind and, you know, I've never said it out loud, so it's going to have all kinds of holes in it because that's just the way these things are. Well, that's are, awesome. You know? Wait, I got to get my contemptuous index turned up to max. Get so ready, but uh, try and let my theory breathe a little bit before you jump in. Oh, no. I know you're going to have some issues oh, with no. it right away. I'm going to be wickedly, spitefully, condescendingly <laughs> awful about the whole thing. So I'm going. Okay, so business as usual then. <laughs> so, Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So here's, here's how it works. I think, you know, I'm, you know, we see signalers, we see, I think, I believe, but I could be wrong, you know, because it's hard, hard to know, but I think that there's worse and worse signaling habits. Uh, Just in general? In general. Yeah. Over the decades, maybe if you were compare it to 30 years ago, uh, I'm not sure. So anyway, I think there's the motivations for signaling. And uh, if I guess I start at level zero, uh, this would be the non-signaler. They have no motivation to signal. They just don't care. Okay, so that that's that. And then there's a, another motivation for signaling, which is I don't want to get a ticket. Mm -hmm. So that would be I'm going to signal anytime I see a cop nearby. So I don't know if there's many of those. And then there's a similar, I don't want to get a ticket, so I'm just going to always signal. There'd be that one. And then there's a, I think it's safer. So like, I don't want to get in an accident? I or others could be, yeah, but it's always going to be you, isn't it? So I don't want to get in an accident. That's right. So now, now it's less or not necessarily about the legalities and the ticket. It's, geez, it's just safer to signal. Yeah, just generally speaking, 
Yeah, okay. So, yeah. And then the fourth and final one is, and these can build on each other. They don't have to be mutually exclusive, but the fourth is, I think it helps other people when I signal. See, I, I feel that's part and parcel of, I don't want to get in an accident. So the no, cause there's, so it's the courtesy one. It's the, Actually, I have you know no what? risk of being in an accident, Yep. No. but that person who's waiting to turn, yep. just seeing me slow isn't enough, but if they see me both slowing and signaling, yep. they'll have enough information to know yep. that I'm not going to run them over when no, they turn. That's a hundred percent. I frequently swear at somebody that I'm waiting to pass by so that I can make my right turn. And then just when they get to the crosswalk of the intersection that I'm waiting to make my right turn at, they turn on their right turn signal, indicating that I didn't have to wait all that time. Yes, yes. There's been a lot of that, that lately. ticks me off. Because that's always bothered me, and yet I feel like I'm seeing that a lot more now. It might be just because of the oldness crotchiness index yeah. for me, or it might be that more and more drivers have decided that it's only going to be a signal at the last moment. If you reflect on what you feel you've been seeing do you, on second reflection, think there's any correlation between bad signaling behavior and the value of the vehicle? No, no, have not seen anything See, like that. I, I do. <laughs> I think the higher the value, the less likely they're going to be considerate. Yeah. Generally speaking. Yes. I think the higher the value, the greater chance of the first two or three of these being in play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just contemptuous. They just start driving a nice vehicle and I don't need to signal that guy's well, or, you know, I'm driving a nice vehicle. Why? Because I'm a driver and because I'm a driver, I don't have to signal because I can see exactly where that guy is. So I'll just go. And if he's freaked out, that's his problem. That kind of stuff. So, so I did get an instance of the opposite of the last minute signaler the other day. We had someone, Sue and I were driving together. We had some coming opposite direction signaling left and we were signaling left too. So as long as they're going to turn left, then we can turn left, right? Because we're going to miss each other and her speed wasn't slowing. Yeah. Let me, let me jump on this to just <laughs> guess here. Cause my thought there is that clown has forgotten his light is on. He's no. coming pretty fast. Yeah, he's not slowing no. down. So I don't know if he's really going to turn. Yeah, she did turn left behind us. She simply was signaling well in advance. So, but it misled you though, didn't it? Yeah, it misled me. Um, they were signaling a left-hand turn too early. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is most people signal too late. Many people do. This person was signaling too early. So yeah. leading you to leading would lead me to wonder whether they were aware that their signal was going. No, it wasn't. They actually were signaling their next turn. Yeah. In advance. Yeah. Well in advance. Now, is there a tiny chance that they actually had forgotten their signal, then suddenly uh, turn left anyway? Sure. Could be. But I, I think- No, I mean the other way. They're yeah. driving along with the signal going and they have no intention of turning yeah, at in all. This, in this case, they turned. And yeah. I'll just, as a, as a public service announcement, if you see a motorcycle behaving like that- Let them know. No, be aware that there's a heightened chance that they are not aware that their turn signal is going and that they have no in actual intent. Yes. If you see a motorcycle coming from a long ways away with his left turn signal on, uh -huh. may not be aware that he's signaling left because you can't, unless you glance down at your little thing, sure. your, your display, yeah. you can't, you can't hear, it. hear it. It's clicking away. Like motorcyclists frequently forget to cancel their signals because they don't auto cancel when you turn a corner, like in a car. And, and you can't hear them. They don't make an audible noise that you, that prompts you to turn off your signal. So just 
as so I guess my thing. question is, isn't signaling free of charge? Like, yeah, like you're driving and I actually get a little boost out of every time I signal. It makes me feel kind of good. You're all but, competent but, and yeah, orderly no, I, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I'm helping people out as well. So it kind of makes me feel a little bit better. But even so, if that wasn't your motivation, like still there's no, I mean, I guess I actually had a turn signal stock break on me once yeah. after there's car no was, cost. So I suppose your signal does slowly wear out. Yeah, there's no cost. But, but really, so I guess the request is, and I think our listeners, I'm just preaching to the converted, but my request would be, please signal well in advance, not too far in advance. Well. Of and, every turn, like everyone, like even when there's nobody anywhere. And since these in, remarks. In sight, because that means you no longer even have to think about exactly. it. It's actually less mental load. Right? And since these remarks are being directed almost certainly at the same group of people, wear a mask. <laughs> it's you know? Karen. Like how hard it's is it? Karen. How freaking <laughs> hard is it? Just wear the mask, <laughs> you know, signal you idiot and wear a mask. You idiot. Just do it. It's really straightforward. Right again. Well, I mean, it is right. It is really mask is a little more forgivable because it's novel and you have to remember to have one with you and so on and so forth. Right. I'm just talking about don't go out with the intention of not wearing a mask, go out to do your shopping thinking, yeah, I got to wear a mask. You might forget it. You might, whatever it is. And, and as you say, RJ, with signaling, what you want, the ideal state is that you do crap like signal when you're alone in the parkade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I do. You're going to, I do. You're going to park and there's nobody behind you and it's empty and you signal because you're actually gonna... tumbleweeds coming through the parking lot. <laughs> like that's the, I, that's the dream state as far as the state of signaling goes. There's a, you just there's, so automatically, you there's just a light in the that. distance that's making a sound because it's kind of like to the end of its days. Right. And no, like I've never had a turn signal wear out. First car I ever had I had, had a signal that didn't work properly. I had to flick it to make it go. But my uh, 82 Civic sedan, I think I had to replace the did you? signal one time. I've yeah. broken an arm in something, Ron's wagon or don't something. don't think like I that. ever did. <laughs> and then you, you just got the little guy down there, there's little stuff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you <laughs> stick a big pen in there or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a permanent set of vice grips. <laughs> oh, permanent set of vice grips. Okay, hands up in the room. How many people have run a car with vice grips permanently attached to the battery? No motor. Yeah. Just to Manifold. keep it going. Yeah. Just because the post is gone. So yeah. you just do the wire yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, yes. How many people have run their car with the posts of the battery wired together? The, the battery's absent. So you wire the posts together no. and then you boom start the car, like roll start it. And then it just runs. It's, yeah. it's really hard on the generator, but it just runs. Oh, I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah. It just, all your current is generated by the generator and that provides all the electricity to, I mean, that's kind of how it runs anyways, right? Yeah. Once the battery is fully charged, that's how it runs is completely off the generator. But I'd say it's probably not recommended. We're all finished again. It's the end of an episode. Is this an outro? This is an outro. Okay. 
And you may have learned in this episode what a pressure regulator is and that KJ does not have one. So there, that's your learning. You can take that with you into the time you spend between now and the next episode when you learn some other fantastic piece of information. Thanks, you guys. We'll meet again soon. Bye. Bye.